we're going to have a conversation here about interest rates in our country. And as you heard, Wednesday was a pretty big day. The Bank of Canada announcing that, you know what, we're not going to raise interest rates, which was a change because they have pretty routinely for a long time. Now, if you go back to uh, about a year ago, uh, interest rates have gone up over 4%, or two over 4%, uh, 4.25. Um, it widely expected, though. That's what we anticipated because the Bank of Canada says they think they have done enough. They've done enough work on interest rates to cool the economy, slow down inflation. So we're at a point now where they're just going to watch and wait and see if more needs to be done or if, hey, okay, job done. Let's see where we go next. Meanwhile, when you talk about what's going on with interest rates, it's sort of working hand in hand. Think about being in real estate over the past few years, because you know what happened during the pandemic, right? Now, housing prices just took off. Then they tanked. uh, And now interest rates are, I mean, it's just been, it's been wild. It's been a wild, wild time. So maybe a little stability. I don't know. We'll find out. We're going to chat with Phil Soper, the CEO for Toronto-based real estate enterprise, Bridgemark Real Estate Services Incorporated. Um, Phil, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Hey, my pleasure. So I would imagine the immediate reaction in the real estate world, you know, to the Bank of Canada holding the rate steady, at least for now on Wednesday, is a a bit of relief. There's got to be a positive response to that, right? That's kind of good news for the real estate world? Yeah, for the housing market overall, doing nothing is actually a market <laughs> stimulus. I mean, it's uh, it's been a crazy year. The, in your introduction, you you, may, you talked to the fact that rates had risen over the last year. That was actually the steepest, fastest climb in interest rates uh, we've ever seen in yeah. this country. So it was a crazy twelve months. Um. We kind of knew this was the plan, right? The bank had said as much that we were just going to park it for a little while here and things weren't going to go crazy. They were going to just wait and see how it went. So w- the way that markets react, usually a lot of it's baked in because there's pretty good indication that's going to happen. Is that sort of where we are at real estate? Have they Has the market already started to respond to this even before it was announced? Equity markets do exactly as you've uh, said. They they predict what's going to happen. But with housing, we're talking about individual families. They're not doing this for a living. They you know, may move once every five to seven years. So it's not quite so predictable. This, this move where the interest rates are, are front page news or are top of the hour news month after month after month, Moving into an environment where it's no news is actually uh, going to change consumer uh, response. Right. They're going to feel comfortable not hearing about this. Uh, so the, the short answer is no, it's not baked in, uh, but it should uh, create a reaction in the uh, housing market now. I mean, when we talk about any kind of these markets, uncertainty is sort of the curse. That's the last thing that you want. We, you know, and like we said, we saw the massive run up in housing prices. Then they came down. Interest rates continued to go up and all these sorts of things. So this little bit of stability, even if it's only a month or two, um, I anticipate it's going to be longer, but this kind of stability, like you said, it starts to restore some confidence for buyers, right? Yes. Uh, the, if you look at the, uh, transactions, the number of homes trading hands in the country, it's down by about 35% over last year. Now, last year was an all-time high, a crazy year, but that's a a deep, deep dip. The majority of those people have the capacity to buy and sell a home. They just don't want to buy a home today that they feel is going to be worth 
was tomorrow. So they moved to the sidelines. And you get that deer in the headlights where more and more people are moving to the sidelines. In the meantime, people are you know, graduating university, getting married, getting promotions, and employment's in great shape. But they're not, they're not you know, finding that home that they want or need because they're, they're frozen with anxiety about the market. Taking that anxiety away um, will be tremendously helpful for the market. Because remember, we're, we're at, the, at the end of a market correction here. The home prices have, have fallen to the point they're going to fall, and interest rates have risen to the point they're going to rise. So that the future, whether it's tomorrow or in three months' time, is that home prices are going to rise and interest rates are going to fall. So it, it's a logical time for Canadians, Edmontonians, Calgarians to be looking at the market again without that fear they've, they've been dealing with over this last crazy uh, few years. And are we starting to see that, Phil? Are you starting to see more interest? Is it uh, people starting to feel like, okay, it's time, we, we've sort of weathered the storm and now it's time to make that purchase that we've been putting off because we didn't know what was coming? Is it starting to pick up already? Uh, absolutely. Now, part of it is tr- is seasonal. Right. Uh, during the, during the pandemic, we kind of blew away the seasonal nature of real estate. It remained uh, crazy busy through December and January. We didn't have the, the, the typical spring market because the market for a couple of years ran on overdrive 12 months straight. But this year we, we did. We had a very quiet winter, which isn't surprising. It's not the time most Canadians choose to move. Um, and there is the typical seasonal pickup. But we're also seeing other things. In cities like Edmonton, um, detached homes in particular, in what we might call the popular or middle uh, price point in the market, are actually attracting multiple offers again. There are more than one buyer looking for, for that listing. Part of the reason is the number of homes, uh, the, the quantity of listings in the marketplace, it's very low. So, so oddly, we're in the middle of a big correction where we have uh, bidding wars for for the limited amount of property we have. We believe this this move by the Bank of Canada to signal that the the the, the tightening of monetary policy, rising rates, has finished, will loosen the market up and get more people out there uh, listing their homes and moving to the home that's more appropriate for their needs. Cost, is that still, that's the overriding thing, like affordability, that's still what Canadians are, are worried about? Whenever we talk about housing, it always comes back to affordability, right? Oh, yeah, and that's where the Alberta advantage really yeah. really shines through. You can tell I'm an Albertan who's, <laughs> who's you know, been, been uh, what what I call, moved by love by my wife to uh, Toronto, <laughs> but I... Born and raised in Alberta, went to U of A, all that kind of thing. The Alberta advantage really is showing uh, through uh, in this particular time. You can you can get almost three homes in Edmonton for the price of one in in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, two and a half homes for the price of one in Toronto. We follow uh, interprovincial migration patterns very uh, close because we're a national firm. Roll up agents are. Our, our our 110 year old brand in our company, and they uh, the movement of people, particularly from southern Ontario to uh, to Alberta, has not slowed. Uh, the 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 pandemic 
you know, unleashed the people's imagination when they felt they could live anywhere and work anywhere. Yeah. And they're, they're taking that. My kids, I've had two of them move to Alberta and they're Torontonians. So I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't tell them to leave home. <laughs> I like my kids. But, but, uh, there's a lot of people talking in that. And it's, it's predominantly housing affordable. Right. Sure. The overall cost of living is a little bit less in Edmonton than a place like uh, Toronto, but housing it yeah, really Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah you can actually you can consider buying a home in some parts of the country and others you just can't. Hey, last one, I'll let you go. And I wonder, does this matter sure. at all to Canada's real estate? Uh, when we talk about interest rates and the impact they're having, we're not moving in lockstep with the U.S. on this. They're continuing to go ahead with rate increases. What does that do to us, if anything? Does that have any influence on Canada and, and our markets? Good question. Uh, for right now, the Bank of Canada is comfortable going our own way. And there's a couple of reasons. One, inflation is a bigger problem in the United States. It's higher, and the moves that the Federal Reserve, which is equivalent of the Bank of Canada yeah. down there, have made, haven't had the same impact. So inflation is dropping faster in Canada than the United States. So we have independent monetary policy, and our rates are steady, and they have said, no, we're going to keep rising. That's okay for a little while. Right now, we're 25 basis points, a quarter of a percentage point apart. We can probably stomach, oh, getting to three quarters of a percentage point or a full percentage point apart, but not much more. Because every, every, every time that gap grows between their interest rates and ours, our dollar go, goes down and theirs goes up because their interest rates are higher mm-hmm. to attract cash. And uh, that makes it more expensive for us Canadians to buy all the things we buy, like, uh, you know, California blueberries, um, and that's inflationary. So at a certain point, if we let our rates get too out of touch with American rates, it's actually uh, a a case of diminishing returns, and we're going to introduce a new kind of inflation into the market, and the bank's smart enough to uh, keep their their handle on that. So I, I think we're in pretty good shape, and and the uh, Bank of Canada, you know, first major economy in the world where a central bank has said, uh, we've done our job, there. let's let this work through the economy, which I, I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, like you say, in the world that you live in, real estate, uh, we're already seeing the positive signs of it. So that's good. That's good. And uh, hopefully we have uh, a much more stable environment for all of us. Uh, I Phil, agree. I always agree. appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.